This is the River Radius, a cultural nexus of rivers, people, and boats. I am your host, Sam Carter. Welcome. So my relationship with the Klamath River, I was always taught that the Klamath River is like not just a body of water that we like fish and take from, but it's our family in a way. We give to it, we take care of it, and it takes care of us. There's a reason that our salmon run so good and it's a balance. If we take care of it, it'll take care of us and it's just a part of our family. This episode comes to you from the Klamath River Basin from a week with the indigenous teens who are learning to paddle the Klamath River after the dams come out in 2024. This is the second episode on this topic. The first episode is Klamath 1, The Origins of Paddle Tribal Waters. This episode is Klamath 2, The Next Generation of Paddle Tribal Waters. This past summer, I spent several days camping and boating with these teens and interviewing each of them in the evening. We were boating the Trinity River, which is a large tributary of the Klamath, and we boated through the confluence with the Klamath a few of those days. The Trinity River runs clean and clear. The Klamath River has four major dams that are coming out and at times has toxic algae in it. The first dam on the Klamath was removed this year in 2023, and the next three will come out in 2024. These teens have been learning to paddle over the past two summers with Paddle Tribal Waters and are preparing to paddle the Klamath from the headwaters all the way to the ocean after the dams come out. Paddle Tribal Waters is a program of Rios to Rivers. This episode is a conversation with all of these teens about their river lives and their newly developing kayak lives and how they plan to live with the Klamath after it's freed from 100 years of dams. We will also hear about the value of this program for the indigenous communities beyond the teens, and we will go on a tour of the dams. We start off with a series of interviews with the teen paddlers. Here we are in the Klamath Basin with Paddle Tribal Waters. So let's start off. Tell me your name. Scout Toyon Charlene Scott. Introduce yourself. Who you are, how you live, what you do, where you're from. I am a Hoopa tribal member and I'm 18 years old. I'm out of school. I graduated high school last year. So you joined Paddle Tribal Waters? Yeah, I joined Paddle Tribal Waters a year before I graduated. Why did you, you join? Because I really I have a deep love for the river. I'm, I'm a river person. I live on the river my whole life. And I wanted to experience the river a different way, like feeling it in a kayak. I've never been in a kayak, and so I wanted to see how that would feel compared to inner tube my whole life. What else did you do with the rivers besides inner tube before you got going in the kayak? Just swam and like went there whenever I felt like I needed a place to relax my mind from anything that was going on in my life. It was always like my escape place. And what do you think about kayaking? What do you think about, like, boating on rivers? I think it's pretty sick to be able to, like, go and see rural places that you can't go, like, just driving along the river or, like, walking up on the thing. You have to, like, paddle down through there and get through. What do you think about this whole program? The Paddle Travel Waters, the Klamath, like, all the work you're doing, and then the, the project where you all will kayak, boat from the, the headwaters down to the ocean. In a couple years. Yeah. What do you think about all that? I think that's super cool that we all have a chance to get out and experience our homelands because we all are up and down on the river basin. We all get to experience these little parts of our rivers in a different way. 
we're going to be able to be like the first descendants to kayak down the river once the dams are removed and to help push and show people that the dams need to be removed for the restoration for our fish and our food. Okay, uh, I'm Cade Maxwell Rogers. I'm from Ashland, Oregon. I like spending time with friends a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How's kayaking going? Um, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy kayaking. Yeah. I wish I could like get out a little bit more than I did, but I still like it. Do you have your own boat? Uh, I do not have my own kayak. You're learning to paddle so you can paddle down after the Klamath Dams come out. What do you think about this whole program? Uh, I feel like this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I'm really glad I did it. And it'll be interesting to see like what I thought a healthy river was, and then seeing what the Klamath will be like when it's like actually healthy and like what it used to be like. Do you go? Do you go to the Klamath very much? Um. Well, I have family in Hoopa, and me and my dad like to drive on the Klamath River Highway. So we often stop on the river and like we don't get in, but like dip our heads in and like just enjoy the river. Yeah. What do you think about the Klamath dams? I'm glad they're finally coming out because my dad has told stories about him protesting to get them taken out even from when he was like around my age. My name is Odette Nikhail Rogers and I'm 16. I'm from Hoopa where we're at right now and we kayaked past my family's village um, at Dildon. I've been with Paddle Tribal Waters since their first program. What, is, what does that mean that we paddled past your family's village? Like, um, are they still living there, or is that like an older village? No, nah, it's back before like colonization, or like before colonization hit Hoopa. We like lived in the villages, and there's Hoopa has a lot of villages, and so do most of the other tribes around here. We kayaked past two villages the day we went from here down to the firehouse. Essentially, everyone who lives in one village is family. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, you'd like day outside of your village. Now we all live in like, we live in like European houses. I don't think anyone stays at the villages no more. So tell me, tell me about your relationship with rivers. You got the Trinity River going through Hoopa past your village. My mom grew up on the river, and I did too, but not to the extent she did. So she made sure it was, like, a very important part of our life, me and my siblings. And we always go down to the river and hang out with family and friends and stuff. I was out swimming every single day down at our swimming hole with um, my cousins and Julian. My brother. Yeah, the river is just kind of like a, a really amazing spot where you can go hang out with all your family and make memories and stuff. And so um, what do you think about this this source to sea plan for the, for the Klamath after the dams get cleared out? Oh, I'm super excited because, like, it just opens a lot more opportunities. And it's it's just like it's kind of like a statement, like. One thing that Paul has said a lot is, like, when the dams come down, he's going to get salmon back where he's at, like, near the headwaters and stuff. People are, like, thinking that the salmon won't go up that high, but 
there have been like where it's like they undam the river and then like within like the next five years the salmon are already going all the way back up and it's kind of like cool to it's like the salmon are going to be able to do the whole river and so are we mm. and it's going to be great because we're going to like meet so much people and like on the cohort one trip on the cohort one training we went from red rock which is where we put in today and then we went to i think it was shragon a yurok village we kayaked all the way from there to the mouse it's amazing how much people care about this program like we were being we were staying at villages at yurok villages and like eating salmon with families and stuff and hearing stories and it was just a really really great thing so i'm excited to see how that like how that's gonna go on when we do the whole entire river to see so much more communities and so much more people and families and stuff. It seems like, like, you know, I think about that source to sea and I think that there will be a lot of emotion, like a lot of joy that also looks like tears because people will be so happy that it's the river's returned and sad that so much time was lost or maybe that elders who have passed on like didn't get to see it. Didn't get to see it. Like some people's whole lives happened and they never saw the Klamath undammed. Yeah, that's one thing that has been mentioned is like our generation, the kids that will remember the Klamath as it was dammed and remember it being undammed. There's definitely going to be a lot of emotions. Like have you seen any of those videos where they the conservation groups are like letting out buffalo back in some lands? Yeah. There's like it's yeah. I think it's going to be something like similar to that. My name is Ruby Williams. I'm 16 years old. I live in Happy Camp my whole entire life. I started kayaking a year ago with Paddle Tribal Waters, and it's been super great since then. I'm a, a member of the Quartz Valley Indian Reservation, that tribe. I'm a Karuk. In this program, this is your second year. Yeah, this is our one-year anniversary, but second year, yeah. Yeah, like second summer. I yeah. heard you say that the other day, that like the other day was like the actual anniversary. Yeah. So, second summer. Yeah. And you also were able to be a junior counselor? Is that what it's called? Yeah, a junior counselor. Tell me about that. It was, it was kind of weird because there was like these older kids that were also at the camp that were like coming up to us and like, asking us for advice and me and Audette's were the junior counselors asking us for advice and asking like how do you do certain things and how do I get better at paddling in like a straight line like a couple times I was like I don't know dude give (laughs) give me a little bit I'll come back to you on that question and I I did I was like just like yeah it was it was super interesting it took a second to like figure out that role especially with older kids and you, like, want to be friends with them and stuff, too. But then you, like, have to remember, like, oh, I'm kind of getting paid to be here. I got to, like, do my job, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool, though. I liked it a lot. So you're a year into kayaking. You're in your second summer of doing this. What do you think? Like, what, is, what do you think about kayaking? Uh, I love kayaking. It's, like, my favorite thing to do now. Like, I, that's, like... Like, I, like, can't wait till it's kayaking season now. That's, like, the way I think, like, oh two more months still kayaking it's like my favorite thing especially like with these trips too we like they always set them up almost like at the perfect times i feel like right when i start to need a break from school and everything we do these weekend trips and like i get a break from everyone i get to go kayaking it's also really cool because like i used to raft all the time with my uncle 
it's so much different. It's fast and it's fun. While like it's like while rafts like a big bus, you're like like a car with like maneuvering more stuff in a kayak. It's super fun. Yeah, you're real slicey. Yeah, yeah. You're in the program. You're dedicated. You're you're year two. You did the junior counselor work. You are are gearing up for the source to see that will come bigger picture beyond you becoming a kayaker. Like, what are you? hoping to gain from this program and then like what do you hope to give to the program and even to the river well to gain i feel like it gave me a different point of view on the river like i know like i've been like rafting and everything but it's hard living on the river we lose a lot of people to it right before this we lost someone to it it gave me like this point of view that if you know what you're doing and you're not being greedy with it in a way you you can still have fun on the river and it's and it's not supposed to look so dirty and it's it's supposed to have an abundance of salmon in it and it's supposed to be clean like like today in the trinity i just seen a salmon go right underneath my boat and i could see it and it wasn't dirty and mucky i wouldn't be able to do that in the klamath ever so that's something that i've gained is that point of view like that our river shouldn't look like this it should be undammed so that these salmon can go all the way up to the headwaters and everyone should know that so that's like something also i want to return to my community is it's a great thing that these dams are being removed and that we should be able to see it's like our right to be able to see these salmon go up to the headwaters and be able to see down into our and see the rocks not see this algae and gross dirty water flowing by I'm I'm curious about I'm curious about you personally in in relationship to kayaking and being on the river. You know, I watched you. I, there was a there was that kind of bigger rapid that we went through the other day, and you were pretty nervous. And you, yeah. And you ran it though, right? You yeah, ran it. You I was really super good. nervous. I wish I would have ran it through the middle though. I was so I was. Audets told me too. He's like, you we you always do this. Or you want to take the safer route, but then we're gonna be at the bottom, and you're gonna be like. Oh, I should have went through the middle, this and that. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. I should have went through the middle. I shouldn't have went all the way around it. What has it done for you and, like, the way you see life? Like, your confidence, your comfortableness with yourself, your life as Ruby. What has kayaking done for you? Uh, it's it's done a lot, honestly. Like, it, it really has built the confidence. You get thrown down. You roll. But you gotta you got to take what you've done for these past weeks and learn from it you're constantly learning from your mistakes with kayaking with my roll i'm to the point where i could roll up if it's feeling kind of sloppy i know like oh i didn't bring my head up in time or you're just constantly learning from yourself and then applying that to the real world and constantly learning from your mistakes is like a really good thing to know how to do my confidence is so much better from kayaking i can tell you that i started out like not know how to paddle and now like I do like these cool like edging paddling on one side and like it's it's helped out a lot this episode is sponsored by NRS home of all the river gear when I started the river radius I knew I wanted to involve sponsors who contribute positively to our river community NRS is one of the great brands filling this role. Specifically, the NRS LEAD program, which stands for Leaders in Environment, Access, and Diversity. With LEAD, NRS is sponsoring not just athletes, but people who are making a difference in the outdoors. 
people like Paul Robert Wolf Wilson, who you heard from in the first episode about Paddle Tribal Waters, and who will lead teenage indigenous paddlers on the first ascent of the newly freed Klamath River in 2025. Learn more about the LEAD program at nrs.com slash L-E-A-D and by using the link in our show notes. This episode has important sponsorship from our friends at Mighty Arrow Family Foundation. Further sponsorship comes from the Virga Foundation, a small family foundation in the Four Corners region of the Southwest United States. And this episode is also sponsored by American Whitewater. American Whitewater represents the interest of the whitewater boating community and all who enjoy wild rivers. American Whitewater has been deeply focused on developing a vision for how the public can experience a restored Klamath River. This includes restoring the natural bed to its pre-dam condition by engaging in the removal of hazards that would otherwise affect river users. They are also committed to working to educate river runners on the cultural significance of this river corridor and what it means to be a visitor in this space. Danielle Frank is part of Paddle Tribal Waters, and she serves on the board of directors of Rios to Rivers. A few years ago, she participated in the Paddle Tribal Waters program and learned to kayak. As she says, she is from the Klamath and Trinity Rivers. She is not part of these cohorts now, but serves more in the support role, working in broad leadership and funding pursuits. I was able to interview Danielle or Ducky as she is known, while driving between the dams of the Klamath River on a dam tour, cruising up a dirt road. Ducky spoke directly to the topics about the damages the dams have created, why it is important to remove the dams, and the connectivity of the river and the humans of the river basin. Please meet Danielle Frank, a.k.a. Ducky. Hello, my name is Danielle Frank. Um, I am from the Hoopa villages of Met Dildin and Sewanaldin and the Yurok village of Hontanonting, also known as Watek. I am from the I'm from the Trinity and Klamath Rivers. I am Hoopa and Yurok and I lived on the river my whole life, grew up on the Hoopa Valley Indian Reservation. I heard you say to the kids that you and they are river people. What does it mean when you say that to be a river person in this context and in this part of the mountains and this part of the the continent? Yeah, so when I say like, you know, we're river people, it's it means that these waters that you see right here, they run through our veins just as much as the blood in our bodies does. You know, these rivers, our villages, our homes are built directly on the sides of them and have been for tens of thousands of years. Our people originated from these waters and from these mountains. And our people have, you know, our people are one of the one of the major um, ethnicities who have really, really been traumatized and been through the impacts of colonialism and colonization. And, you know, we were kind of we're, we're still fighting for a lot of our rights that were stripped from us. And so um, when I say that we are river people, I say that we are people who who are at one with these waters. They're not just fun places to to be. These are sacred spaces. Every inch of these waters means a lot to our people. So when I say we are river people, I say that, you know, these rivers are in our are in our family. They run through they run in our genes just as much as, you know, the color of our eyes or, or our height. There's something that mean more to 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 our people than anything anyone could ever ever explain um it's been told to me various times in my life that when these rivers are no more 
why are our people here? Because our people are here to take care of these rivers and to be at one with this water. So when it's no longer here, then why do our people, why do our people exist? You know, it's not just um, about the revitalization and restoration of rivers in these movements. It's about the restoration of culture and people who have survived traumatic experiences to still be able to be here to fight for these waters. Hey, young Julian Alfoliet. Not ten of way off tat. Uh, my name is Julian. I'm 14 years old, and I I currently live in Portland, but I spent a lot of my time in Hoopa, and that's where I was raised. And the Trinity River runs right here through Hoopa. Would you uh, Would you tell me about the Trinity? Yeah, it's a it's a nice river, nice and cold and big most of the year, but sometimes it could get kind of dirty and gross which kind of sucks but it's a super nice river and i've spent a lot of my life on it on it in it you swim it a lot in it on it yeah swim raft all of that stuff i saw you today you just like swam right across that thing that was like you you knew where we were you swam right across climbed up some big old rock like you've been there a few times yeah that's my family's uh swimming hole is it really what does that mean it's your family swimming hole everybody in my family's just been swimming there for like hundreds of years wow really yep that's kind of crazy to think about it is yeah tell me more tell me about your your relationship with rivers you're here with the trinity we're talking about the Klamath. You live up in Portland, which is right next to the Columbia and the Willamette. The Willamette. Yeah. What's your What's your relationship with rivers? Honestly, any free chance that I could get, I go down to the river. Like I wake up, I eat, I go down to the river, and I swim like all day or raft on it. I've just been doing that my whole life. I'm I'm super comfortable with all the all the waters. Yeah, I just I'm on them all the time. Anytime I could get, I love swimming. What do you, like, when you're swimming, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you mean, like, just kind of swimming around a little bit. Like, you mean going across the river, getting in it, going, how deep do you go? I mean, the Trinity's a, there's a lot of water out there. It's a yeah. big old river. Yeah, okay. How deep do you go? There's, um, there's a couple deep spots in my uh, swimming hole. Um, There's actually a sturgeon cave, so it's, like, super deep in one spot. And I've been working on going deeper, but right now I could go pretty deep. Like, I don't know exactly how many feet, but I'd guess, like, around 18 feet. And how do you work on going deeper? you got to work on holding your breath. So you get big stones, you take them out in the river, and you just hold on to them as long as you can. And then you let them go. You go up, you go back down, try to grab them again. And I found that that, like, really helps me learn how to hold my breath longer. So you let go. You go up and you get a breath. Yep, you go. And you come back down. How long do you breathe? Like, just one breath? Yeah. You just go, (gasps) and then you go back down for it. Okay. And so how long do you think you can hold your breath? Um... Honestly, a lot of other people can hold their breath for a lot longer than me. I'm kind of like, I can't hold my breath that long. Um, probably like 40 seconds if if yeah. I'm not like exerting all my energy. But that seems like a long time. And and then, so you're going down deep. Do you swim? Do you, Are you one of these people that swims the rapids like down in below the rat, like kind of deep in the water? Uh, Yeah, that's actually... um. One of the good ways that my family is teaching me right now, that's 
that's the way that they've been getting across the river and across the rapids. They go underwater, grab on the rocks, and crawl across. I can't really do that that much because I can't hold my breath for that long, but I try it. And so what is it like is is when you're down there under the rapid kind of pulling yourself across is there like an easier current to be in? Oh yeah, it's it's a lot harder on the top. It's a little easier on the bottom. How's it feel down there? I don't know. Kind of kind of hard to explain, but you're just being pushed by a lot of water and you're down there, you know, trying to get across, trying to hold your breath. It's, it's a little chaotic sometimes. Is it is it kind of scary sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Right now the water um it's a little bigger than usual, so the rapids bigger and it's a little harder to get across. Do you feel like that all like like honestly, you seem pretty chill to me. <laughs> Do you feel like that all like kind of, like that like river lifestyle that you're talking about kind of helps you just be calm and confident in the world? Yeah, it definitely can because like you get comfortable in the water and you, you know, you have to put yourself in, you know, risky situations sometimes and, you know, that can help you in life. Nick Patroy in Mitsun and Mamwani Shash, that's a lolly, Nick Shak Shash, the Taikpa Putum Tkupitukhni and Joshua. Good evening, my name is Kiana Allen. I'm from the Confederate Tribes of Warm Springs, Oregon. I am 16. And yeah. Let's start off with rivers. Tell me about your relationship with rivers, please. With, like, my home river or, like, all rivers? Tell me about your home river first. My home river, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but I know that it does a lot for us, and we do a lot for it, and it provides life to our natural resources, our first foods. It's just very important to me. What what is your home river? The Deschutes River. The Deschutes. Yeah. Everyone knows Bend, so it goes to Bend. It's very important to me. We eel and we fish on that river, and it's just our tradition, our life for our people. You eel? Yeah. Like you go catch, like people, if you fish, you catch fish, but you're going to catch eels and lampreys. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Eeling? So for us, we have this like little ladder thing that they go up. So there's like stairs and there's like a wall on both sides. And then right next to it is like shears, which is shears bridge, which on the other side is like a rock wall as well. And there are scaffolds all along the river. So you can fish for salmon and on the other side you can eel. Mm -hmm. And then for eeling, since it's pretty deep, we have very long poles, like wooden poles, and then we have sharp hooks at the end, and we just like, you know, like, and grab them. Yeah. Yeah. And we bring them to the top, and then I just put them in a cooler, take them home, gut them up, dry them, go give them to my grandpa. And then when it's time to eat them, do you cook them or do you eat them? You can barbecue them, you can smoke them, you can eat them anyway. Are they good? Mm, yeah, conda. This depends, like, the way you cook them. Yeah. Yeah. Lampreys are crazy looking. Crazy to read about that creature. Lamprey? Yeah. I used to be so scared of them when I was littler. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. My name's Brayden Thomas Maxwell Worley. I'm a Nupiak, Diné, and Mescalero Apache. 
And I'm from uh, Ashland, Oregon. And I'm excited to be on this trip. How old are you? I'm 18, just graduated from high school and going to head on over to Oregon State for college in this coming fall. You're on the way to college. You look like a pretty pretty solid kayaker out there. You're building this relationship with rivers. You're going to be a part of this source to see on the Klamath when the, when the dams are all cleared out. Um, like, what do you see as, like, your role in the future with the Klamath and with helping people understand the story of the Klamath? That's... That's an interesting question because I'm still, like, undecided on, like, my future. Ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to, I was always interested in space and I wanted to be a space scientist. And so I was going to college to, like, study something related to that. And I was kind of hoping that uh, being on the river could let me have opportunities to, like, stargaze and, like, help me connect with the stories that people tell about the sky and everything like that so I could connect it with my, with my passion of space research. And learn about like what my traditional people would say about what the traditions are related to the sky and the stars in the sky. Is there anything else? I know we're like over here getting feasted on my mosquitoes. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything, anything you feel like like you want to express? I think kayaking is a sport uh, everyone should try. It can be freaky, but you don't need to be kayaking on white water. Still water kayaking, still fun. And uh, always be careful when you're out on the water. You're never going to beat the water. Even when you're in it, you're moving through it. You're not moving it around you. The water is always powerful, even if it is on a still still water or like in a lake. Okay, so I am a Native American from Central Oregon, the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. My name is Julia Wolf. I'm also somebody who's getting into kayaking. Also, somebody that comes from a long line of indigenous, indigenous peoples. A carrier of my language, of my traditions, my culture. That's who I am. So when you say you're a carrier of your language, does that mean that you speak the three languages? My main ones are Yakima and Wasco and Warm Springs, of course. And the language of, like, the Warm Springs part of the Confederated Tribes is Itchishkin, and that's what I speak. So I'm getting pretty good at that. I'm I'm still getting there. I'm still learning. So that's my language. Where do you learn? Do you learn that, like, in a school? Do you learn that from your family? Actually, we have stuff that my grandma carried down from family. Like, I learned some words from my family you know, that she learned when she was way little from her grandma. And then my, her grandma was around when I was fluent, mostly. But I've been learning Itchishkin since I was pretty young. I'm glad because we actually got it a class for Itchishkin implemented into the high school. We don't got a high school on the res, so we go off the reservation mm-hmm. to go to high school and whatnot. But because we got a kindergarten through eighth grade school on the res... We've been learning it, and we had it there for a long time. You said you were a carrier of your language. Is there a similarity, a parallel to being a carrier of your language and working to free a river that has been a support system, that first food system for the indigenous people of that river valley? Is there is there some sort of like... Yeah, there is. Like, yeah, talk to me about that. Okay, so... One of the teachers that taught me my language, Ichishkin, we think of the language as a life. 
because do we have like what's the thing we see right now electronics did we have that way back when in all of our times no what did we do when we started getting them we made them new names so we got to do that for Itchishkin because we don't have all these names when we first started seeing all these things that came from everywhere else we had to figure out names for them so it's like a flowing of water people make new stuff all the time it just keeps flowing you know the world's not gonna stop so language is like that flow of the river and we want it to flow between us to flow down our family and what happened? What happened when we got forced onto a reservation? It's like putting a dam onto us. It stopped that. It stopped that flow between us. We don't see that. It slowly killed off all of the, all of the people. Just like it killed off all the salmon. So like that's a th- correlation I thought of when you were first saying it. It's like the dams are like when we got forced onto a reservation off our main river i thought it's a correlation like language to like water the people have been on these waters so just like language is a part of our waters like it's been with their river like it's our main life source so like what's also part of our life is our language This episode is sponsored by NRS, a collective of premium river gear. Here is NRS Chief Marketing Officer, Mark Deming. It's not enough to write a check. It's not enough to ship a box of gear. Creating real change takes all of us rolling up our sleeves and doing the work together at the grassroots. NRS is a leading supporter of Paddle Travel Waters by contributing funding, gear, and booties on the ground with its athletes, ambassadors, and employees. Through its lead program, NRS is breaking the mold for how outdoor brands engage in community building and conservation. Learn more at nrs.com lead and by using the link in our show notes. This episode has important sponsorship from our friends at Mighty Arrow Foundation. Further sponsorship comes from the Virga Foundation, a small family foundation based in the Four Corners region of the Southwest United States. And this episode is also sponsored by American Whitewater. American Whitewater is a member-based river conservation organization working to protect and restore our nation's whitewater rivers. They represent the interest of the whitewater boating community and all who enjoy wild rivers. American Whitewater has been deeply engaged in the work to undam the Klamath, supporting the work of tribes and the indigenous communities along the river who have led the effort to restore the salmon fishery and health of this river. At the end of the week I spent with Paddle Travel Waters, we traveled together from the Trinity River where the kids were camping and practicing their kayaking skills over to the Klamath River and then way upriver to the dams, the dams that are getting pulled out. The kids were going on a dam tour to see what the dams look like, to learn about the process of the dams getting removed, and to learn so much more. I was able to go with them. The tour lasted about half a day, a long half day. The Klamath River Renewal Corporation is now the owner of the dams, and they are in charge of deconstructing these dams. Ren Bronwell was our host that day. We had to drive to various places where we could see the dams. 
we were able to see Iron Gate Dam, Copco 1, and Copco 2. Copco 2 was in the process of being deconstructed, and today it is completely gone. You may have seen these pics online. For the first stage of the dam tour, we are standing high on a ridge on a rock outcrop above the Klamath River, looking down at Iron Gate Dam and across Iron Gate Reservoir. Here is about three minutes of our half-day tour with Wren. No, take it in, guys, because this won't be here in a year and a half. Let me explain a little bit about the process of, the, of how this is going to happen. So right now, work this summer is only happening on Copco 2. And we're going to travel upriver to see that, and I'll describe what is happening there and how that dam is being removed. It's the smallest of the four dams, right? And it's kind of being removed first to, to get it out of the way. Once it's gone, the rest of this year is mostly going to be preparatory work, right? So even though Copco 2 is underway, dam removal begins in earnest at the beginning of next year. So at the beginning of January, we'll initiate something called drawdown. And that's where all of the remaining three reservoirs will be drained. It's gonna be a really slow process. It's not gonna be like in other videos you might have seen of dam removals where they initiate a big rush of sediment. Dams where they do that process are a lot closer to the ocean. Here, we're moving four dams at once and we're pretty far here from the ocean. So these reservoirs are gonna be drained pretty slowly. It's gonna take months. We'll initiate drawdown at the beginning of January. It'll start here with Iron Gate. The reason it's starting in January is because we're working around uh, salmon spawning seasons, right? So we're not gonna start drawdown until the winter spawning season is done. We'll do drawdown really slowly so we're not putting too much sediment into the river and we're not causing any flooding. So drawdown might take all the way until May. Come next May, drawdown's complete. Then they're gonna start simultaneously deconstructing all three dams at once. A year and a half from now, the dams are gonna be gone. In November, 2024, we'll see a free flowing river here. While this deconstruction is happening, Resource Environmental Solutions is gonna come in and immediately start revegetating the entire area. It's a massive undertaking. Currently they're at about 17 million seeds and propagations and it's expected to get up into the billions. They're working with nurseries all up and down the Pacific Northwest to propagate these native species. They collaborated with tribes in the area to harvest the native seeds from this area and have been working on that for years. When we are in the drawdown period, there's a lot of sediment built up behind these dams. The good news is, is that it's non-toxic. They did a lot of testing on it. It's mostly just dead algae. What you guys can see on the river next year is that after drawdown begins in January, there's gonna be sediment pushed into the river and the river is gonna look yucky for a while. What the EPA has through their research has shown that they expect all that sediment to wash out within 18 to 24 months. And there are also crews that will be going down river to wash away any like heavy sediment loads, do any revegetation that might be necessary. So people are preparing for that. It's gonna be 20 million cubic yards of sediment, which is about how much sediment the Klamath moves through the river every year, but we're introducing that all at once. So it will probably take up to two years. So that, that timeline was determined by NOAA fisheries and tribes to be the ideal time. It's between spawning seasons, and so it will be when fish are either out in the ocean or up in the main stem. But there will probably be some fish in the river. After the dam tour was done, back at our new campsite along the Klamath, downstream from the dams, I wanted to hear from the kids again, hear their thoughts after seeing the dams. At the camp, after dinner, I set up my mics in a group setting and we talked about the dams. Here are their thoughts. 
I was shocked. I didn't think that that much. I knew that a lot went into dam removal, but I didn't think like, I didn't think about how they had to time it around a fish spawning and vegetation, all of that other stuff. And I just had a different perspective of dam removal and dams today. It was, it was pretty interesting and I'm glad that it's going to come out. It makes my heart happy. Hopefully the fish come back again, how it used to be. This is Brayden Thomas Malcolm Worley. I think before at the last training we had, I was just like kind of thinking like, oh, I'll get periodic updates and I'll just be like seeing on the news headline like, oh, this dam's down, this dam's down. But I think today it really like gave me a glimpse into all the complicated procedures that had to happen, such as getting building infrastructure just to get the equipment over to take down the dam and also like how they had to work around keeping the river and the river's inhabitants healthy while they're taking down the dam. And uh, it was it was very, I really enjoyed listening to all the details of the dam removal project. My name's Cade Maxwell Rogers and I learned that the dams didn't look as cool as I thought they would. They were pretty disappointing. It was just like, Iron Gate was just like a big pile of rocks. I thought like, look cool or something. Yeah. My name is Julia Wolf. One thing I learned today about the dams is that it's not going to be a big boom. It's going to be a slow trickle of letting out the water and taking apart the dam. So the sediment won't like kill a lot of the riverbed and rush everything. This is Braden Maxwell Worley back again. Something ran the informant who gave us the tour of the dam said is that dam removal doesn't really start until the dams are removed because you still have to deal with the after effects. The sediments built up and other effects and I just uh, that really saying stuck with me because even after the dams are removed we can't just sit on our butts and say all right give the river some time it'll be back to how it should be but we also got to keep on helping now and and that is really what's next. Hi, I'm Talia Eggman. What I'm really hoping is next is that the Klamath and like all the other rivers along the Klamath heal and so all the fish and all the wildlife and plants get healthy because when they're healthy our people and our land is more healthy and yeah and because no water no life yeah at a time in our lives when the largest dam removal project is underway and rivers are so magical and so often they are so misunderstood this program of paddle tribal waters and rios to rivers has captured my attention in my life the days working with kids and working with rivers have been my favorite days. To conclude this pair of episodes about this group of people in the Klamath Basin being together and preparing for the Klamath's return, we will hear our last voice from Autumn Goodwin. My name's Autumn Goodwin. I'm from Happy Camp and Wairika. And I have a lot of siblings, like a lot, so which is pretty cool. I kind of grew up around the river on the Klamath. Yeah, I spent most of my summers like swimming, going rafting, and stuff like that. So you're glad you're here? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's really fun. That's a big smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, how do you feel about kayaking? It's it's really fun. I I was scared at first, like coming to the camp and like never being in a hard shell. I was like nervous because I was like, I don't know anything. These kids are going to know so much, but no one knew how to kayak. And we were like all starting from similar spots and like seeing everyone progress similarly to I was. It was like cool. What do you think about like Rios de Rivers, Paddle Travel Waters? When I mean, you got Paul and Asia, Cole, Danielle, Kathy, Amada, and John, and Weston, who's not here. But, you know, these people, and maybe there's other adults that I'm not mentioning, but, like, what's it feel like to be on the inside of that program as a kid? I mean, it's crazy to think about how many, like, adults are, like, supporting just us and, like, what we want to do and, like, what it means to us and, like, how they want us to improve at everything we do. It's, like, empowering. Like, they want us to do good things, and so... They, like, really work hard to, like, make stuff like this happen. Because they don't, like, it's not, like, you have to create a program to do kayaking. They're, like, these kids could really benefit from it. I think it's, it's cool. A thank you the size of the Klamath's mouth goes out to all of the teen paddlers from Paddle Travel Waters who welcomed me into their boating lives. That thank you extends to Ducky and Rin and Amada and John and Cole. The sponsors for this episode are NRS, Mighty Arrow Foundation, Virga Foundation, and American Whitewater. You can find links for all of these sponsors in the show notes. You can learn more about Paddle Travel Waters and Riosta Rivers and the stories about these topics in the show notes. River Radius social media is organized by Samantha Sice. Today's music is composed and performed by Gene Reiniger. Be in touch anytime. Hello at theriverradius.com. Thanks so much for joining The River Radius. I'm super comfortable with all the, all the waters. And we always go down to the river. I think it's pretty sick. I've become a wise old auntie. Yeah, these mosquitoes better watch out before I bust out my kung fu. The salmon are going to be able to do the whole river, and so are we. Dams can be very damaging. Good night, River Radius. Thank you, River Radius, bro. Shout out, shout out, Sam. If you're hearing this and this is your first episode, subscribe. Subscribe. Drop that like. Smash that subscribe button right now. Subscribe to the River Radius.